0: A dad raised his hand and he said, how did you become such a good public speaker to my daughter in her teen years? And she said, well, I talked to people and that was it. And so it was just because we did life together at church. She served on the worship team. She interacted with people of all ages. Speaking to a group of parents was not a problem because she spoke to them each week at our PE class or at dance class. Or It was so encouraging to me. To see, I didn't even teach that. There was no
1: speech class in my homeschool. (laughs) Hi, welcome to the Zan Tyler podcast. This podcast is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. Homeschooling is an exciting adventure we take with our children. One of the most challenging parts of this journey is choosing the curriculum you want to use. BJU Press Homeschool is a curriculum you can trust. All the books, resources, and videos have been designed with you and your child in mind. Their curriculum is educationally robust and rich, taking into account that children have different learning styles, strengths, and needs. Mom, you are in charge. BJU Press Homeschool is here to come alongside and support you. Do you need help with the teaching load, or is there a subject you just don't want to teach? Their amazing video courses are available for all grades in almost every subject. BJU Press Homeschool believes that homeschooling can produce a new generation of students who know God, love their neighbors, and stand firm in their faith. For more information, go to BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Zan Tyler Podcast. I'm your host, Zan Tyler. Today, we will be doing part two of a series we started in the last podcast and where we're talking about gaps in education and gaps that our kids will face. Is it because of homeschooling or is it just because we live in a fallen world? How do these gaps happen? And what do we do about them? So if you haven't listened to part one, I would really encourage you to go back and listen to part one. And as we start part two, one of the things we talked about earlier is just the fact that homeschooling is so efficient and draws on our kids' Interest that it's it's academically efficient, but it also incorporates a lot more than the academics. So I want to start by telling you a story. Um, Joe and I started a co-op in the nineties. We had some friends come to us and they wanted to start a fine arts co-op and they felt like they needed help. I didn't need anything else on my plate, so I really resisted. And then it was obvious that was what the Lord was calling us to. And it's really fun because now my grandkids go to the same co-op that we started. But I was teaching two classes at this particular co-op. One was on public speaking and one was on worldview. Both of my boys had just gone to college. Lizzie was at the co-op with me. I was really missing my guys and so was Liz. Uh, So I taught this public speaking class to like a dozen 10 to 15-year-old boys, and they were so unintimidated. There were no girls in the class, and we had a great time. So in one of these classes, somebody had given me like 20 or 30 old National Geographic maps that were like four feet by six feet, and they were stories of people groups and maps on the other side. So they we had an impromptu prompt from these maps. Each kid got up and told about a people group after they read the stories on the map. And at the end of our class, I had about two seconds to get ready for the next class coming in. And I'm trying to fold up these 20 maps and I have no spatial relationship skills and they're huge maps. And one of the uh, one of the kids, 13-year-old Shane, came up to me and he said, "Miss Tyler, I can fold up those maps. I said, go for it. So he takes all these maps and folds them up in about two minutes. And whereas when I folded them, they were like three inches thick. Now they were sleek little folded maps again. And I said, Shane, honey, how did you do that? He said, Miss Tyler, you got to fold them the way they're bent. And it was really interesting because I was doing a, a a book study by Chuck Swindoll at the time, and he uh, was talking about Proverbs twenty two six: Teach a youth about the way he should go; even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Swindoll says we might paraphrase the verse to read adapt the training of your children so that it is in keeping with their individual gifts or bents the God given characteristics built in them at birth when maturity comes they will not leave the training they have received. And so as homeschooling parents, we really do have the joy of working with God in our homeschooling to figure out what our kids' bents are. And so it's it's really education based on relationship. We study our kids, we become students of our kids, and we understand their interest. And then we have a a relationship. We have a, a, a school course that's not just based on fact, but it's also based on relationship, which I think is really a powerful formula for education. And so, one of the things Nancy and I want to talk about today in discussing gaps, because we talked a lot about gaps in education last week. There are gaps. And there can be gaps in our kids' lives in terms of relationship, and there can be gaps in their lives in terms of faith. And these are gaps that we address every day as homeschooling parents that may never be addressed in an institutional school. So our focus today is going to be on, you know, on relationship building with our kids and on faith building with our kids. So, Nancy, um, tell me some, just tell, tell our listeners how your relationship with your girls really impacted the way you homeschooled.
0: Well, it's so interesting because when they were little, we started with one of those grade level packaged curriculum that is all workbooks. And I discovered very quickly that that was not the best fit for my girls. I figured out how to adapt what we were using. So instead of writing the answers in the workbook, I would ask them, tell me about that passage you just read in history. And we had some really rich dialogue. And I feel like it was actually more rewarding than them just sitting down and reading and writing the answers. But it helped me to kind of see like there was a gap between the way I was teaching them and the materials I was using, and the way that they learned best. And my girls are both hands-on learners, and they're very artsy, and they love to create things, and they love to engage and interact with what they're learning. And so it helped me to kind of step outside that curriculum box and look for resources that best fit their needs. And it's amazing how even It's not about the curriculum. Curriculum is just a tool, and it's an amazing tool. But it's how we apply it, how we use it, how we structure our day, and how we interact with our kids, too. If it's, you know, I was talking with a mom one time, and this broke my heart a little bit, where she was telling me what a hard time she was having homeschooling her son. And as I asked her more questions, I found out that, you know, she said, Well, I send him to his room every day with his workbooks. And then when he's done, He brings them to me. And I thought, you know, to be so isolated and have no interaction as you're learning, you can use workbooks and textbooks and curriculum in a way that is relational. And so it was good to talk with her because she kind of the light bulb came on. But it did make me sad that her son was so resistant to learning because he was just go to your room and sit at your desk all by yourself. Um, But my The most important thing to me is that God fills in the gaps. You know, we do our very best with what we know in the moment. We walk out the faith that we have. We operate in the knowledge we have, but we trust him to guide us and lead us and direct us, and he really does fill in those places where we've had a blind spot or we missed something.
1: You know, one of the things you talked about in our last podcast on this is just following your children's interest. And so I think that relationally, when we're in tune to our children, we know their learning styles, we know their interests. It really does strengthen our relationships. One of the things that we've been talking about is just the importance of relationship. And as Nancy and I have talked with each other, when I was a, homes- a young homeschooling mom, I wish somebody had given me permission that the relationships with my children are really foundational. Now I knew that, and we spent a lot of time together, and I loved my children, but it didn't keep me. From worrying, you know, were they getting enough? Were there gaps? Those types of things. So I just want to encourage you that your relationship with your children will live on way beyond their school years. And it's okay to take a day off and focus on relationships and just enjoy being with your children. The other place where I think homeschooling shines is just in terms of teaching our kids life skills, whether it's carpentry skills or, you know, whether it's balancing a checkbook. So I want to read you guys a quote from John Taylor Gatto. John Taylor Gatto was um, one year uh, named as the New York State Teacher of the Year which when you think about all the public school teachers in New York, thousands of them, that was quite an honor. The day after he won that honor, he resigned as a teacher in the Wall Street Journal. And he said, I can no longer be part of a a profession that I feel like uh, harms children at times. So this is a quote from him that's one of my favorite quotes ever. And he says, in centuries past, children and adolescents would spend their time in real work real charity, real adventures, and in the search for mentors who might teach them what they really wanted to learn. A great deal of time was spent in community pursuits, practicing learning how to make a home, and performing dozens of other tasks necessary to becoming whole men and women. But the children I teach have no time for these pursuits. After television, now it would be screen time. Schooling, sleeping, and eating, they have only about nine hours each week to spend on growing up. Is it any wonder that the children I teach are indifferent to the adult world, have almost no curiosity, and have a poor sense of the future of how tomorrow is inextricably linked to today? And, you know, what we're doing in homeschooling, I believe, is bringing relevance to their learning, and we're applying it to their life and their callings and their skill sets. And uh, so I I just want to encourage you in that. Nancy, I know you talked about uh, your daughter, Olivia, being a public speaker,
0: Yeah. So this was a really fun um, experience when I would speak at our convention in Arizona every few years. And Olivia, I invited her as a teenager to share briefly in one of the talks that I was giving. I don't even remember the topic at this point, but it was so great because she was probably 15, maybe 15. And a dad, I think we opened it up for questions. And he raised his hand And he said, how did you become such a good public speaker to my daughter in her teen years? And she said, well, I talk to people. And that was it. And so it was just because we did life together at church. She served on the worship team. She interacted with people of all ages. And so speaking to a group of parents was not a problem because she spoke to them each week at our PE class or at dance class or you know, those kind of things. And it just, it was so encouraging to me to see. I didn't even teach that. There was no speech class in my homeschool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Isn't that amazing how they do learn from us? You know, the Great Commission is... Um, as actually the Greek is, as you are going, make disciples. So as we are going and living, our lives are participating in the real world. Like John Taylor Gatto says in this quote, and I know your girls were involved in your ministry with the Arizona Association for Home Educators. And, you know, they, they were with you when you spoke and when you worked. And so they developed a heart for that. Um, I know that in our homeschool, I've talked about the boys in a, a previous podcast and how they became very politically active as adults as a result of growing up in the state house with me. Well, Lizzie, as a little girl, we always had television news crews um, in our living room because there was always a homeschooling problem. So she said she had done more math with a camera over her shoulder than she ever did by herself. And, and But she really saw the power of the media to make an impact on the way issues are framed. And so she had, she was very involved in the fine arts. She was Annie one year in our community theater production of Annie. And and she looked at Joe one day and she said, you know, Dad, I know a lot of struggling artists and actors. Now, this is just community-wide. And she said, there's got to be a use for this skill set I've gained in real life and so she she really decided she was interested in journalism, and it was it was very interesting to me. We had an award winning Christian radio station at the time in Columbia, and she got a call one day and was asked to interview uh, with the news director, who was a homeschooling dad, and he'd choose an intern every year to work with. And so she got to spend that year as an intern, learning the hardware and the software, and interviewing senators and legislators at the state house, and just covering stories all over the mid which really prepared her in a real life way for her career. And uh, so I, I just love that part of homeschooling where the way we live impacts our kids' lives. What we do impacts our kids' lives and how we see them impacts the way we pray and figure out opportunities for them.
0: Yeah. You know what's so interesting is one of the biggest complaints or criticisms of homeschooling is, well, they'll never experience the real world, but they're actually outside of the artificial situation where they're only with their peers and they're actually in the real world. Apprenticeships, jobs, interacting with people at the grocery store and the library and, you know, homeschool co-ops and things like that. And it's amazing to me how the opportunities that our kids have, I felt like the teen years especially gave my girls such broad um, opportunities to engage in different activities they were interested in because it took about, like when you mentioned the efficiency of homeschooling, we were done with homeschool by noon. That gave them all afternoon for their pursuits, for their enrichment classes, for piano lessons, for reading a good book, for learning a new craft, for spending time with friends, you know, um, serving at church, all of those things. And I just love that it, it gives us, we have so much more room in our days um, and we're walking alongside them, like they're learning as we do life together.
1: Listen, that that is so, so powerful. So I want us to move a little bit now into discussion of faith and homeschooling. You know, I don't think anybody would argue that our kids' faith is not being strengthened in public school settings. Now, I, I do know we have friends at church, their kids are in public school and they're walking with the Lord. And uh, But as homeschool parents, we feel that call to disciple our kids at home and provide a faith-based education for them. George Barna had a quote, and I'm just going to paraphrase it here. And if you don't know George Barna, he's really the statistician for all things Christian and church-related in the United States. And he said, we have a situation in our world or our country where nobody has a pulse um, on the faith of our children. And so somehow in our desire to get our kids educated, we have forgotten God and we have forgotten faith. And so I think that homeschooling is an amazing way to blend faith in everything we teach to our children. I just want to take a minute now to thank the sponsor of this podcast is BJU Press Homeschool. If you've never looked into them, you should. They have a K-12 curriculum that has is very Bible-centric. It's based on scriptural principles, shaped by scriptural principles, yet academically very engaging and robust. And for those of you who don't want to teach certain classes, there are some amazing videos that you can... And, um, access for your children also taught um, with a curriculum, the same curriculum that's biblically based. So I just want to give out a shout to um, BJU Press and thank them for the work they're doing um, in terms of honoring the faith of our children in our teaching. I
0: love that there's such great tools available. I so appreciate BJU Press Homeschool and the We didn't use it in our homeschool, but as I've helped parents get started homeschooling, it's so wonderful to have a resource like that that has such diversity of types of um, products that families can incorporate and use and support them. So uh, it's wonderful.
1: I was listening to a novel the other day by a Christian author, and he talked about the gap between heaven and earth and the need for us to experience Christ on earth before we get to heaven. I I think there was a Christian writer who said, it was Rich Mullins, we're going to meet Jesus in the furnace long before we meet him in the air. And uh, so we want our kids to grow up knowing Christ. And sometimes we don't think about a secular education as contributing to that, that faith gap. But I want to read you um, a verse and I'm going to read it to you from two different translations. It says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. Another translation says you lock up the kingdom of heaven from people. And then there's the verse that says, you know, where Jesus says, allow allow the children to come to me and hinder them not. So we want to make sure in our homeschooling that we are we are opening the doors to heaven for them. Of course only Jesus can do that, but that 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 is our goal is that they know Christ, they love him, and that their faith is nurtured in the educational process so Nancy you want to talk about that for just a minute I know that was your goal too with your kids
0: you know it is and it's amazing how we can get in our own way um, and want the best for our children it's easy to think that homeschooling the option of homeschooling is the solution if we just bring our kids home but but we have to be so much more intentional than that it's not just that they're out of a school and they're in our home. It's that we are ourselves as moms and dads walking with the Lord, spending time in prayer, reading the word. Does our life reflect, you know, the love of our savior? Are we representing him well? Because our kids are watching us. They're like little sponges and tape recorders, you know, and if we're quick to anger or whatever, they pick up those habits too. And so it just made me so mindful of, You know, my kids were with me 24-7 and they were watching me. And I wanted to be so careful that, not that I was perfect because I failed in a million ways, but God is big and he fills in those gaps. But we want to do our best. I I didn't want to be impatient or rude to my children because I didn't want them to be impatient or rude or lack of work ethic or, you know, everything we do as parents, we're modeling a walk with the Lord, Mm -hmm. and that was my heart for my kids, that they would grow up and have their own relationship with the Lord, not just because they grew up in my Christian home where we went to church each Sunday, but because they encountered the living God, and they wanted to know Him for themselves.
1: You know, we've been talking about a lot of gaps. I have to talk about gaps in parenting for a minute, because um, one of my epic failures came during a season in life. Both of my boys were at Covenant College and I was still homeschooling Lizzie. She was like in the seventh grade when they both went to school. And my older son Ty had a really unfortunate incident where um, we have migraines where we lose our vision sometimes. And he took a new medication. And after taking that, his vision never came back. In that right eye. And uh, miraculously, a year and a half later, he did, but I didn't know that was going to happen. And so, for some reason, this was a really dark dark period for me spiritually. Now, Ty had had embraced the situation with faith much more than I did. So Lizzie and I found ourselves doing a lot of car schooling that year, driving up to Covenant, taking Ty to doctors and hospitals appointments, and just spending time with him. He didn't want to come home. He wasn't depressed. And so all the doctors said, if he's not depressed, let him figure out how to live his life with one eye. But one night, we were all spending the night together in Chattanooga in a house that somebody had at Look Up Mountain had let us use. And so we were um, about, Lizzie was sleeping with her brothers because she missed them so much. So she comes and gets in the bed with me at two o'clock in the morning. And she says, hey, mom, I've been appointed by the family to ask you a question. And she said, "Okay, Lizzie, shoot. I'm thinking, you know, this isn't going to be good. She said, mom, you've always taught us that God is good and God is sovereign. And we're just wondering when you're going to start living that way again.
0: Wow! And,
1: you know, there was a part of me that wanted to yell and scream. This is my son. At the time, we really didn't know. Um, The doctor had suggested that Ty might have a terminal illness that was causing his body to shut down a nerve at a time, and it had started with his eye. So we really didn't know what we were looking at. And I wanted to yell and scream, this is my son, and if I want to be depressed, I'm going to be depressed. But it's just like you said. Our children are watching us all the time, and they need to know that in the hard times and in the good times, we trust God, and you know it was so interesting. It was sad, but oh boy, it it was like a knife in my heart. The conviction when she said that to me, and and it's just that encouragement. Maybe if you can find encouragement in my failure, that we are all going to fail our kids at times. And and Nancy, you and I have talked about situations the Lord has brought back in our minds where we feel like I've we've failed our our daughters or our children just in conversations or pushing them. And uh, but you know, it's like Nancy said, God is good, and He is the gap filler for us too.
0: It's true. And, you know, I feel like homeschooling is this soil for us to grow. You know, it, we're teaching our children academics, spiritual lessons, we're discipling them, but God is growing us as we teach our children. And that that was so encouraging to me as a woman who loves the Lord. I had a lot of room to grow in my, you know, I was young when I had kids and um, I learned along the way, but it was so neat. I think for them to see me overcome sin in my own life, to repent when I was wrong, to ask for their forgiveness, and um, I'm thankful that the Lord grew me up as Mm -hmm. I was raising my children.
1: You know, homeschooling is really the most sanctifying thing I have ever been a part of because every day... You know, you you come to the end of yourself. There's something you don't know how to do or some situation with your children. And um it really does. I mean, it really did keep me on my knees. I will yes. say that. It <laughs> kept me trusting Christ. Well, we have had such a good time um, being with y'all these past two podcasts and just really kind of bearing our hearts and souls to you about gaps. I want to close with a scripture verse because we know that Whether we are experiencing heartache with a child, great joy with a child, we're seeing gaps in their education that we're praying over, or we're rejoicing that they graduated or doing great. We know that Jesus is the great gap filler. So as we close this podcast today, I want to read you one of my favorite passages about who Christ is and what he does for us. And it's from Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord anointed me to bring good news to the humble. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. How many times have we been brokenhearted as we've homeschooled? How many times have our kids been brokenhearted? To proclaim release to captives and freedom to prisoners. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To grant those who mourn in Zion. Um, Giving them a garland Instead of ashes, the oil of gladness, instead of mourning, the cloak of praise, instead of a disheartened spirit, so that they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So, I want to encourage you today whether you are brokenhearted, or disheartened, or lonely, or feeling the gaps in your life, that as Nancy reminded us earlier, we take those things to prayer and ask God to be the great gap filler in our life and to be the great giver of good news and great things to our children. So we want to thank you for being uh, part of these two podcasts. And we just pray that the Lord has used this to encourage you and strengthen you on your homeschooling journey. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this was encouraging and inspiring for you. If you would like more information, you can find me at Zantaler.com. Until next time, see you later.